Welcome to Talking Wyndham, your weekly insight into the people who make our city surprising, fascinating, vibrant and interesting. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page. Hi and welcome to another edition of the Talking Wyndham podcast for the Committee for Wyndham. My name's Kevin Hillier and of course you can check out uh, everything you need to know about the Committee for Wyndham on their brand new website and also on all the social media platforms, in particular Facebook. So check out the events that are coming up, uh, how you can be involved as a member of the Committee for Wyndham if you're thinking about doing that and all the benefits that uh, go with that. On today's podcast, we're heading to our very own City of Wyndham A-League team, Western United, who've made quite an impact on the field and are about to make quite an impact off the field with the building of the new stadium at Tarnit. So we're going to go right uh, into the uh, inner sanctum of uh, Western United to their CEO, Chris Pelavanis is going to join me to have a chat about uh, the uh, work that's about to start on the building of the new stadium, what the club's been up to and what they plan for the future. Hope you enjoy this chat with Chris Pelavanis, the CEO of Western United. Welcome to the Talking Wyndham podcast, uh, an interesting season for Western United. Yeah, it's a bit of a stop-start season, obviously with COVID and everything happening in the world, but it's a, it's a season where I think we're trying to find our best form at the right time of the year. It's a funny season, I guess, at the moment uh, the, with the with the way the clubs developed. It every season's a funny season because you're, you're nomadic by uh, by nature, and even more nomadic by pandemic. Yeah, we are. I think it's. Um, I mean, our first season we ended in a hub, and our second season there's more postponements than um, I think ever in the league of history. So, I think um, as we sit here today, I mean, we couldn't be more proud of the effort than and of the the whole club is putting in and all our fans are putting in, but it's going to be an interesting four to five weeks as we have our run to the finals because we want to make sure that we obviously make the finals in our second year. That would ensure that in the first two years we've made finals. Yeah, it's an amazing uh, group of players that you've got. I mean, they're terrific to watch. They're one of the the most uh, entertaining teams in the competition bar none. Yeah, definitely. I think we... um, this year we've uncovered the unearthed um, a lot of young talent, you know, dynamic talent in Dylan Perez and Lockie Wales who have got absolute lightning speed. And then you've got the talented, obviously, of Bess Aparicio, Alessandro Diamanti, um, Victor Sanchez, and, you know, the whole squad is um, really um, ensuring that we do play that exciting football and uh, doing their bit to ensure that the fans keep coming back to the game. Chris, it must be difficult. I mean, uh, your home base and uh, and uh, where you're going to be, uh, you know, for forever and a day is is in Tarnit. But you've got a training base in Caroline Springs. You're playing games in Tasmania. You're playing games at uh, at Amy Stadium. You're playing games all over the spot. Is it is it difficult for you to to get players to to buy into that? Is that a hard task or not? Not really, because I think we're all aware of that. I think if you throw it on them last minute, yeah, they, it is difficult, but. We have a resilient group who are here for the long journey and are here to be successful, which therefore makes it a little bit easier to convince them to do all these things. But is it ideal? I'd say no. And that's why, you know, we're, we're all got our long-term vision. And as I say to everyone, it's the long game we're in here. And we're going to build our stadium in Tarnit and that's going to be a fortress and that's what we're going to look forward to. But until then, we're going to take our show on the road and we're going to have a bit of fun in all the areas we go. But ultimately... Um, it is a little bit difficult, but we're not we're not here to give any excuses. 
Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about the relationship with uh, with the city of Wyndham and, and and the people of the city of Wyndham. But before that, just a little a little on yourself. Uh, you came out of the AFL system into into this one, but you had a long history uh, in the in the in soccer uh, prior to that. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I, I've played the game and refereed the game for about twenty years, and then I um, went to FFA for three years prior to going to the Essendon Football Club for eight years. Um, and that was an amazing experience working in the AFL industry. I was chief financial officer at the Essendon Football Club yeah. during you know a years that were very difficult for the Essendon Football Club. And um, but it was, did teach me a lot of good principles of sports management, and it did teach me how to run a successful club. Um, and that now I have the opportunity to impart my knowledge and experiences um, in a startup being Western United, which is an amazing journey in itself. So. Yeah, I've loved every minute of it. And, you know, I say to people, we're blessed to work in sport because um, we get the opportunity to put smile on kids' faces and that doesn't happen in everyone's jobs every day. Yeah. On a corporate level, is, is there a lot of difference between running an AFL-style club than running, a, a uh, you know, an A-League-style club? Yeah. It, I mean, the pressures and the um, what we're doing is pretty similar, except everything's at a larger scale. So instead of selling a half a million dollar sponsorship in the A-League, you're selling a $2 million financial sponsorship. So it's similar, but you're just um, dealing with things on a larger scale. But the pressures of winning and losing are the same. You know, the competitiveness is the same. The professionalism is the same. Um, and it's it's very similar. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're judged by our results on the field. and um, But corporately and commercially, it's all the same, but just at a larger scale. Is it a harder sell trying to sell, obviously, the game of soccer than it is selling the game of Australian Rules Footy, which is ingrained into the into the very fabric of uh, the organisation, uh, of, of organisations yeah. and businesses? Yeah, it is because I think we all grow up um, following an AFL club and I think that hasn't happened with the A-League just yet. But I think over time, the A-League does have an opportunity because it is the highest participated sport in the country. It's converting the participation into fans, into corporates, into members, into um, you know lovers of the game, which needs to happen. But ultimately, that's the challenge we face, and that's a, that's what is exciting about our game. We have the Women's World Cup coming to Australia in two years' time, which, in my opinion, is the third biggest sporting event in the world yeah. behind the Olympics and the World Cup. Um, I think the Women's World Cup will be something special, and will give the game the free kick it needs, both corporately and participation ways um, and ensure that the game continues to grow. So for me, the important thing is that we harness this and it's the legacy we leave behind for future generations. Well, we saw what the Women's World Cup did for cricket uh, worldwide. It was enormous and, you know, 86 or 87,000 people at the MCG proved that there's a market for it and obviously the same with the with the women's. Um, tell me about the, the relationship with the with the city of Wyndham and the, and the Western United Football Club. Yeah, the city of Wyndham, in my opinion, uh, one of the most visionary councils and and communities in in the country, and they've partnered with Western United to deliver a precinct that will be the first of its kind in Australia. And for that, they should be commended. And for that, I think we're you know it's exciting for everyone that's going to be part of this project. And I think we're going to leave a legacy behind and, and something behind in this precinct that. Um, will be the envy of all the country and um, I can't wait to put smiles on kids' faces, give kids of the West um, the opportunity to participate, to be part of this precinct, to develop in this precinct and for future generations to enjoy. So 
Um, it's going to be special. Uh, can't wait till we start building and build the hype around it. Um, and that's when we'll see the growth of our club. We're just sending the right foundations now, but um, I think it's going to be something special and something that we're all going to enjoy. And more importantly, um, if it wasn't for Wyndham, I don't think we'd go on this journey um, that we're about to embark. Yeah, Chris, give us a chalk outline for the people who don't know what the uh, what this uh, this amazing uh, stadium is is and precinct is actually going to finish up being. Yeah, so um, the the sport the sports stadium is going to be a fifteen thousand seated stadium um, that will be purpose built for football and rugby. So we'll be able to play um, you know sports that are accustomed to playing in in a square or the rectangular, rectangular yep, yep. yeah rear rectangular stadium so I think that's going to be um, and it's going to be um, also be, have the ability to have you know your corporate functions there and all that um, that comes along with the stadium yep. uh, in terms of the sporting precinct and this is probably you know what the community will get excited by about in, in more detail when it comes out but it will have five four, sorry, four pitches um that we'll be able to access. We'll have elite training facilities, both for um, boys and girls to play at, um, and it would, um, that's in the in the actual training facility. But along that will come, hopefully, in the, in the precinct will be you know aquatic centres, um, other you know elite training facilities, really to drive an elite um, uh, training facility pathway for all the kids in the west. Now, if you think Amy Park and what's around the Melbourne Sports Precinct. Something similar to that. Yeah, yep. So we're talking about a hub, which will be uh, obviously have many tentacles to it, and, and many organisations with the ability to be able to access it. Yes, exactly what it's going to be, and 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 that's what's going to be the exciting journey. Now, this will develop and grow as time goes on, but initially we're trying to attract, you know, different sporting organisations to come to this precinct and call it home, so we can get, you know, and really, you know, attract as many people as we can to this hub. You mentioned rugby. Have you already put tentacles out for uh, you know a super rugby team or something like that in in as part of it? Basic discussions, but ultimately, um, I think uh, that will happen in due course. And you know, there's already teams in Melbourne for whether if those teams you know want to relocate to that precinct. But ultimately, in the initial stage, we're trying to get you know get it up and running. I think once we build it, I think people will, will see it and hopefully they'll come. Um, ultimately, we're also looking to build a, a basketball stadium out there. So, I mean, it'd be exciting to see if, you know, one day the third basketball team could be based out of there and it could yeah. be, you know, in the Western United affiliated. And um, I think, you know, there's a team in the southeast, there's a team in the CBD, and why not a team in the West? And yeah. I think we have had some discussions in that space and we'd be really excited um, in the next, in due course, to have a team in the NBL and potentially netball and, and it's going to be a precinct that will hopefully um, be able to accommodate all those teams in, in one of the areas which is a faster growing quarter of Melbourne. Yeah, it's a city that's uh, that now is bigger than Geelong. It's bigger than uh, Canberra. It, its projected growth is unbelievable. COVID didn't slow down the the population growth in the area. How, what do you know about the area in terms of uh, how much uh, you know they're, they're linked in with with soccer as a sport? Yeah, it's um, it's it, well, it's an ever changing area. So. You've always got to keep your finger on the pulse. Um, we're doing a lot of grassroots work in communities and, and we're learning new things every day. But what we can say is they do love their sport and they do love their football. Um, and I think um, once we get an opportunity to you know, really 
get close to the community of Tarnade and the surrounding suburbs, I think that's when we'll see the benefit of all the hard work we're doing now. But it is a it is an area that is accustomed to, you know, soccer in most of these communities is their first preference. Yeah, well, soccer's actually amazingly, participation-wise, it's always been terrifically good. But as you say, converting those uh, participants into fans and spectators and all that, that's that's the uh, that's the challenge. Yeah, it is a challenge, but it is a challenge that we're going to take on head-on. And it's a challenge that I think um, we'll see a massive shift in the next few years with the Women's World Cup coming here. But also the, the A-League, I think, um, you know, like any startup, you know, the A-League's 15 years old. Um, and I think it's now ready for the next evolution of the A-League to grow and to get even stronger. And I think we need to ensure that our broadcast partners, every stakeholder in this game is driven to um, with the same vision and the same purpose. Have a lot of your players do clinics in the local schools in the city of Wyndham and all that. that that's all obviously something that's part of growing that fabric and growing that grassroots support? Yeah, it definitely is. And, and, and what we're seeing is... Um, um, it's not only um, our male athletes, it's our female athletes as well. So we're, we're, on, we're deep in discussions to also secure our W League licence for next season, which will ensure that we have, you know, in the professional space, we'll have over 40, 50 athletes that can go to schools. But our, our I guess where we differentiate ourselves from AFL is our family will be close to 400 athletes once we get... Um, fully established because we'll have 10 teams on the boys' side and 10 teams on the women's side nice. representing Western United every week. So from the age of 8 to 10 all the way to senior professional football. It's a most distinctive uh, colours too, isn't it? I mean, it does. It stands out like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, they're great colours and, and the, you know, the owners and the people that were here initially that decided on these colours have got that 100% right. Yeah. So um, I think these colours... Um, once you see them on the field or once you see them in the community, they stand out and people can, um, you know, align themselves pretty quickly. So, um, and it was hard because it was too ready to other established teams in Victoria. So you had to do something different. We're all about things, doing things differently. And obviously, um, our colours is something that differentiates us with our competitors. Yep. It's, it's that loyalty thing that, that you get ingrained in you is uh, in, in AFL terms but that, that you're trying to obviously uh, uh, get happening in the in the West. What's the time frame on the, uh, on the sort of uh, how this development will go ahead from here, Chris? Yeah, so I reckon if where we sit here today, within two-year period, everything will be completed in terms of the training facility and the stadium. So um, it's not too far now. I think we'll, there'll be some exciting announcements in in the coming months, which will see us you know, commence work. And I think that's what the whole community is waiting for, and that will give the club and the whole organisation um, the free kick, if you want to call it, or the impetus to go into next season. As we um, go into our third year, will be the start, commencement of work. And the uh, the site uh, in Tarnit, uh, obviously, uh, were, that, that land was, uh, was I won't say given to the club, but that land has been given to the community for the club to use uh, to, uh, yep. to build this uh, this marvellous stadium and uh, and the precinct around it. Correct. Um, yeah, it is a great piece of land and it is, um, as we said before, we want to transform this into a hub and something that the whole community can benefit and we can bring the elite sport to the West. Yep. No, and it's a global sport too, which makes it a really different, uh, a, a totally different kettle of fish to the AFL. Yeah, it is. The, the ability, you know, the top two teams and all the champions of the league end up playing in Asia in the Champions League, which I mean, only happens in, you know, in our game. You know, we'll have 
maybe two of our star young players go off to the Olympics. Yep. Doesn't happen in the AFL. Uh, in future years, we'll have W League players that end up representing the Matildas. We'll have a couple of our players playing in the Socceroos. All this stuff, it's more than just what happens on a Saturday and Sunday. You know, it's the ability to represent your country and your, um, and we're going to develop these athletes for that purpose. And then obviously for some of them, even go overseas and play, you know, for clubs that we can aspire to and all our young players aspire to play. So, um, the world game has a lot of benefits, um, and a lot of interesting pathways for these kids to follow. And, um, I'm just excited, and, you know, and we're the, you know, the club that's coming to the new league and we've got a, we've got a zone. We've got a, you know, that's our competitive advantage. The West is ours and everything, you know, we want to give every kid in the West the opportunity. They have a smile on the face and to pursue their dreams. And you've had some, ter- I mean, uh, having Barisha and uh, Diamante and, uh, you know, and a coach who's as user-friendly as Mark Rudin is, uh, obviously is a big help. But then you mentioned a couple of young stars, Wales and Perez coming through um, as, uh, as future superstars. So you've got a really good blend of, uh, you know, the baton being handed over uh, in the next three or four years. Yeah, definitely. And that's important. And I say to all our young players, you know, you have a privilege to play with, you know, players like Diamante, Sanchez, Barisha because they're elite professionals that you got to aspire to become or aspire to learn off. And, you know, it's like any job, you know, when you come in as a young graduate in an accounting firm or in a law firm, you aspire to be a partner. You've got to learn from those people above you. And it's similar to what we're doing in the football club. You know, we have a privilege that you're playing with someone, you know, you're playing with a person that represented Italy at a you know, major tournament in Diamante. That's experience is gold for these kids, and that's what we're providing. And it's not only for the kids on the park, it's for, you know, Hopefully, the kids in the community in future years to be alongside Diamante or Barisha or Durante, who's played nearly 400 games in the league. It's players like that who can pass on their knowledge and experience, which is exciting. What's the message to prospective members and uh, and supporters as we sit here today, Chris? About uh, you know, obviously looking forward to a good end of the season and some finals action for the uh, for the side. But what can supporters and and uh, you know members do now to get involved? Yeah, look from our point of view. We're we're here for the long term. We're here for the West. We're here to grow our club, and we want as many people to come on this journey with us. We're going to make mistakes, but we, one thing we're going to do is we're going to be passionate about what we're doing. We're going to be community first and community focused. So it's going to be you know we're not going to win every game because that's not that's impossible. All we are going to do is we are going to have a lot of fun on the journey, and you know for people that are jumping on from the start will experience, you know, this club from its infancy all the way to becoming something special in the in the A-League and in the community in the West. But we're a club for the West and hopefully what I can say is that all the kids, all the boys and girls in the West aspire to be part of our club in, in some shape or form. Certainly an exciting future, as you mentioned, with the W League uh, licence. Uh, maybe uh, you're grabbing that for next season and uh, and the expansion and everything else that's going on. Uh, win a few games, uh, get in some more finals action. So it looks like a, a rosy end of the year. Uh, and, I mean, when you started back, what was it, October of uh, 2019? Gee whiz, you've been through a lot in that uh, very short period of time. Yeah, it's been an amazing journey, but, um, you know, the whole club is very resilient and we use that a lot of word, you know, nimble, resilient, but ultimately, you know, we're, we're part of a community and a family that, you know, our boys and our club and the, our future, you know, girls and, and participants of our club, um, there's one thing we ingrain in them and you know, it's that togetherness and that, that belonging. And I think that's something that we're instilling in everyone that's part of our club and 
that's why it gets us through this. And, you know, we were one game away from a grand final last year and hopefully we can go a couple of steps further this year and, you know, and do something special in the final series. But, you know, it's not only about that, it's about all the hard work we're doing in the community and building the foundations to be very solid. Absolutely. Good on you, Chris. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you, and thank you for all your support. Well, thanks to Chris. Don't forget, if you uh, want to follow the team more closely and maybe uh, go to a game, and they've got games in all sorts of uh, places uh, in the A-League season with a fair bit of that to go before the end of the A-League season, and hopefully they'll be there for the finals. Just jump on their website, which will give you all the ticketing information. That's it for this edition of the Talking Wyndham podcast. Don't forget, check out uh, everything you need to know about the committee for Wyndham on their website and also on the Facebook page. Till the next time, I'm Kevin Hillier. Take care. Thanks for listening. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page.